you give us through your word knowledge of your kingdom how to live for you how to be blessed how to prosper how to increase how to be healed how to be saved how to be delivered everything father is in your word so we ask you to open up our understanding enlighten our eyes thank you father for what you're going to deposit in us today and we thank you lord that we are going to be the richer for having come to church today and opened our ears and hearts to your word in jesus name amen and praise god amen we're going to talk about living in the land of abundance amen living in the land of abundance what is it like what's the land of abundance like that's what i think we need to discuss because many times people have access to things that they don't tap into and we have access to abundant life at all times in fact jesus said that is the thief that comes to steal kill and destroy but i have come that you might have life and that more abundantly so when we talk about abundance many times we think about material possessions and i believe that that's part of it i think that many people fear lack we grow up fearing lack Uh, there is lack in the world and so it's easy to get uh, the mentality of expecting to run out now you expect to run out of some things you know when you get your paycheck it's only so much money and you expect that it won't be there forever it'll run out at some point it's a finite amount that's given to us according to what we earn but God says that there is a kingdom that is more abundant and so uh when I I hear the word abundance and if you think about abundance of material possessions and ability to acquire them that's one level of abundance but when Jesus said more abundant he's talking about a different realm of supply Uh, he's not talking about the material realm because if he that were true he would say i've come to give you abundant life but he says no more abundant more abundant than what you think more abundant than what you know and more abundant than what this earth uh, can show you and what the earth can hold and what the earth maintains and so i believe that god's talking about uh, a spiritual aspect to abundance as well as material in other words you have access to a realm where the supply is never ending so it can't be just natural things because if you say if you fill up your house and build a shed you got that shed will get filled up Uh, you can acquire so much stuff you'll have to build a bigger one and a builder one and a bigger one to hold everything so i don't believe he's just talking about that because if he were talking about the mere material we'd have instructions for adding uh, apartments and rooms and sheds and all that kind of stuff in the bible but he tells us no such thing and so we must conclude then that god is talking about a spiritual abundance as well as material or we can say it this way your spirit is so rich in God that you have his abundance in you at all times see you can look at it as saying God has already given me all of the abundance that I will ever need and all I need to do is access it by faith 
So we have every single thing that we need and it just needs to be accessed <clears throat> by faith so that we can receive and use what we need. You don't need everything at your disposal all the time. Thank God they have banks. If they didn't people would have the, the shoe box filled and the refrigerator filled and you know all of those things filled. Uh, if you have investments, if you have insurance policies, you know you don't need the insurance company to just bring as you, you accumulate it. They just drop it on you somehow. You need to know it's reserved for you and it can be moved into your possession when you need it. And I believe that's the way God's bank is. His abundant uh kingdom is that it's on reserve for us but there is a knowledge that we have that it's real and that it exists this isn't an imaginary thing it's not make believe it's not something that we give ourselves a pep talk to make us feel better when we're feeling blue you know oh just remember his abundance when you don't feel no this is a wealthy place that you can live in at all times you you can walk in the wealth of God at all times and so we'll talk about how what what the characteristics are of the land of abundance first of all it is a place of thanksgiving and that's number one uh, the reason I started with that is because I believe that thanksgiving is a door that opens up the realm of abundance to us thanksgiving implies that you believe it's there amen thanksgiving implies that you believe it's there else you would have nothing to be thankful for Sometimes people will just give thanks automatically because they've tapped into uh, 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 an awareness of the wealth of God. You ever you ever just you know sitting for no reason? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Your spirit begins to magnify God because you sense that place that He resides, and it's got so much in it. What are, what are you saying? Thank you, Jesus, for if there's not something real there. So your spirit will not lie to you. Your spirit comes in contact with it. Now your brain may be slow to catch on, but your brain can catch up. You keep renewing your mind in the word of God and keep casting down these vain thoughts about lack or fear or doubt or any of that stuff you continually cast that stuff down you'll find yourself living in a realm where you're in contact with God all the time and you know his abundant provision at all times so Jesus lived in the kingdom of God continually and he shows us how to live the abundant life. In Matthew 14, uh, it, it, there's a good example here. And, and I, I believe Jesus did this <clears throat> more for purposes of demonstration. Many times when he would uh, minister, he would do it for, did it a certain way for purposes of demonstrating to those who were looking on principles of the kingdom for instance when uh, uh, he went to the tomb of Lazarus he waited three days he, you know he, Lazarus was on his schedule you know what I'm saying uh, when you make house calls you have to have a schedule 
<laughs> so whatever. And Lazarus was on the schedule. The sisters wanted him, wanted Jesus there while he was sick. Because they had faith for him to be healed from sickness while he was yet breathing. But Jesus is Lord of death hell and the grave so Jesus said well I'll just wake him up when I get there you got me and so when Jesus got to the tomb he talked to the father and he said I thank you father that you hear me always he said and for the benefit of those looking on there are many things Jesus did for the benefit of those looking on. When he, uh, when the man who was carried by his four friends was lowered down through the ceiling, Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees looked puzzled. And Jesus said, well, what's easier to say? It's like anything I tell this guy will get him healed. You know, you're looking at me puzzled like what's up with this forgiveness of sins he said what's easier to say your sins are forgiven or get up out the bed so he told him get up out the bed your sins are forgiven and get up out the bed just to please the people who are looking on so many times Jesus did things as a teacher to demonstrate principles kingdom principles to people and I believe that's what he's doing in this he could have talked to that bread and told it to multiply you got me he could have said anything but he's doing it this way to demonstrate a principle so when a principle is demonstrated take note of it because that's something you can incorporate into your belief system and it will work all the time principles work all the time they work over and over and over again and so when you see a principle demonstrated in the word make note of it because it's very important and you can use that as a building block in your spiritual life. And so in verse uh, Matthew 14 he says um, uh, verse 15 when it was evening his disciples came to him saying this is a desert place the time is now past send the multitude away that they may go into the village and buy themselves some food but Jesus said to them they don't need to go anywhere you give them something to eat Uh those words as a minister those words will haunt you many times huh when you think you can't feed people or you think it's not your job to feed people or you think that's somebody else's ministry think again Jesus said don't send people away hungry the father never sends people away hungry he feeds the hungry all the time it's a principle and he said to them we have here five fishes and two loaves and he said bring them here to me and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven he blessed broke it and gave the loaves to his disciples and his disciples to the multitude and they did all eat and were filled and they took up the fragments that remained twelve baskets full and they that had eaten were about five thousand families not people five thousand families so that was a big multitude so what is the principle here thanksgiving always brings abundance thanksgiving 
always releases abundance into your situation. You don't believe it. You get low on something and start thanking God for it. And if you're sincere and you're not just playing around trying to see if it's going to work and trying it out for a little while. If you may, if you intend to do it until it comes to pass it will happen for you. It will happen for you. It's good to have thanksgiving on your lips at all times. If something's messed up in your life start thanking God for whatever part of it it is working. Well, see now y'all don't like that because m- most of you like to complain about what's not right. Or you slick Christians you don't say anything out of your mouth but in your heart you're angry about it. It's just true. Listen uh, <laughs> I've been there. I go there sometimes. I've gotten pretty good about catching myself though. And I don't stew about things. I don't fret. There's nothing to fret for. You know, God's got everything. I know what to do if I need something. But it takes discipline because you think you got to have something. You're unhappy if you don't have it. I'm supposed to have you. You won't get anything like that. Supposed to passes you by if you're yanging and carrying on and complaining. So you thank God for the little you have. <laughs> That's working. That's what Jesus did. Don't you see that? He thanked him for the little bit he had. And more came. Abundance came. Many times we want to receive before we give. Thanksgiving's an offering. Huh? You offer up Thanksgiving to God for something that's paltry and and <laughs> sickly and <laughs> you, know, you see that at the altar? How do you think people get healed at the altar? God will start to do I say well how's it feeling it's, it's a little better keep thanking him you'll get a lot better help works every single time people want to watch and see if God's healing them faith doesn't watch and see if something happens faith believes it's going to happen faith believes it's going to happen already and so we must obey these laws of abundance if we're going to live abundantly before God. You must obey the laws. If you don't obey the laws you won't get there. If you don't stop at that corner and you think you're going to run every red light and every stop sign. You'll be uh, you know, dead meat before you make it to this corner up here. Because these people drive like crazy folk. <laughs> Zipping out of these little side streets and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to to reap the benefits you have to obey the laws. This is a law of abundant living. Thanksgiving is a law of abundant living. You must be thankful. You have to be thankful in your heart. You must have thanksgiving on your lips and in your mouth at all times. Just if you want abundance thank God for it and he'll give it to you. Once you begin to thank God for it, you have a sense that it's available to you. Once the complaining starts, you know, complaining shrinks things and drives things away that God wants to bring to you. It will not get it will not get the job done. Well, God, I can't stand this, and I don't like that. They don't treat me right, <laughs> like cupcake, right? Y'all don't treat me right. (laughs) Thanksgiving 
is an expression of humility. Giving thanks and expressing thanks comes from a humble heart. A heart that recognizes that it is the blessing of God. It is the gift of God. It's not because you do everything right and you be so good and you go out and soul win and you use your faith and all this kind of. We got all kind of excuses for the goodness of God. Taking credit for the goodness of God. And so we have to realize that when your heart is humble before God. Your giving of thanks is an expression of your humility of heart. And God does what for the humble? He gives grace to the humble. He blesses the humble. His hand is open to the humble at all times. Amen. Psalm 107.1 says give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. And his mercy endures forever. You can always go to God and get relief. You can always go to God and plead your case. You can always go to God and thank him. for. You can always go to God because his mercy endures forever. That's all you need to know. See that's abundant living right there. To know that mercy is available to you at all times. He doesn't turn you away. He's not mad at you. He doesn't close the door on you. He doesn't doesn't not want to hear you. He won't ignore you in your time of trouble. You got somebody who is there for you at all times. I mean 100% there for you. So what do we have to be disgruntled about what do we have to be angry about what do we have hmm? disappointments will come but you don't know if you had an appointment for that we assume we have appointments for certain things at certain times don't we huh well I'm disappointed in in my uh, my job well you didn't have an appointment to be happy about it huh you got to make a happy appointment Thanksgiving gives you a happy appointment. <laughs> if you give God thanks, he'll give you a happy appointment. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People think stuff just happens automatically. It just, you know, cause it's supposed to. Oh, really? <laughs> My Bible says that you reap what you Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have none to sow. You don't want none then. You won't get nothing. You better find something. <laughs> I've been loving you too long. You know, people feel like that. Married people feel like that all the time. I've been loving this brother too long for him to act crazy like this. He's acting crazy. <laughs> Who's the, oh, Otis Redding. That's who that was. Yeah. I've been loving you too long. Ow, 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 ow. You know, he would howl at all that old crazy stuff. Ow, 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 ow. The way some believers are. You know, they just all hurt and pained and get a little Otis Redding blues music on. But in the meantime, you better start giving God thanks. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs>
I was the queen to let's go string them up. Huh? When we first started the ministry, women, everybody wanted their husband saved, and nobody's husband was acting right. And we thread. I probably got with Miss Juan. I said, "Well, why don't we just go take him out in the back and tar and feather him, tar and feather that brother? Let's go beat him up, Miss Juana. Shoot, you done got me mad now. You hold him down. I'll sit on him. I'm the biggest one. You punch him out. Well, I hold him down. We's gonna go take us a day off. Go get everybody's no good sidewinder." And shape them all up. <laughs> but the love of God constrained us. <laughs> so we start entering into Thanksgiving in abundance. Amen. You can do that even with people, relationships, and jobs and Things you think are immovable and difficult to see change in. Change starts in you. You know. You start changing. You get thankful. You start changing man. You start realizing. Boy oh boy God. If I got repaid for everything I do. Where I miss you or just don't want to do it. Or keep putting it off or whatever. So I'm thankful. I am thankful. The love of God flows to a thankful heart. That will fix a lot of our difficulties. Our difficulties are that we are impatient. Sometimes we're legalistic. We think people ought to do things just because we think they ought to do them. You know. They need to straighten up. Well yeah and you know you do too. God, God didn't put you here to straighten nobody out. Put you here to love folks. Man that's all we're allowed to do. Not allowed to beat them up. Shucks. We're only allowed to love them. Man, that's going to have to do. <laughs> when you know God's mercy, you're able to receive his abundance. Your heart opens. that increases your capacity for his abundance in all things. Abundance really, it's really like a peaceful reflection on the goodness of God. There's a knowledge there that there's no lack, there's no worry for you. There's nothing that can can uh, take away from the goodness of God toward you in every situation. Amen. So love flows to a thankful heart. It also flows out of a thankful heart. Those who know his mercy are able to receive his abundance. So the land of abundance is also a loving place. It is a place that begins with love. In 1 Corinthians 13. Talks about what love is and what it is not. So it's really it's one of those scriptures that you can read that and it corrects you. And and I'm glad it does that because that's so essential to our walk with God is walking in love. Man, God watches our walk. We don't walk, watch each other. I wish people would learn that, you know. 
We live in a state of judgmentalism toward one another oftentimes because we think we know what the love of God is and we don't. God is the one that measures all things against his standard. But when God sees that we don't love or we we struggle loving people, he gives us more love. He doesn't, you know, whoop us up and tell us, you know, we're mean people and God's not an accuser, you know. So we have to watch ourselves with one another. Uh, you know, cuz people are quick to judge. They just want to put you in a category and put you in a box so that they'll feel more comfortable instead of allowing God to reveal uh, your character and, and really your job is to take care of you I can't stress that enough because if we will focus on what's really important you know if if I'm struggling and I'm, I'm I need correction God will help me you, know, you can't correct me I can't correct you. I can only minister to you and share the word with you. But that business of, you know, making somebody act a certain way so that in what we call love so we'll be more pleased with them. That's not that's that's really not love. What you're doing is not love. And and you, we need to stop it because that gets us in more trouble than anything. He says love suffers long and is kind while suffering long. So it means that you have to be able to do without. You have to be able what we say put up with certain people. Think about who's putting up with you at the same time. Uh-huh. There are some times where you rub people the wrong way and you're doing the best you can. You know you're not responsible for how they feel about you. They're, you're responsible for obeying God. And that's pretty much it. So love suffers long and is kind. Verse 4. It does not envy. That's a toughie. Because you're going to see some things that you wish you had. You're going to see some things. Some people. Ministries you wish were yours. You're going to see all kinds of things. That you you admire and you love. And then pretty soon it's kind of stabbing you in the heart. You can't do that. It does not envy. It does not exalt itself. See, when we judge people, you know, so-and-so's not nice or, you know, they say mean things to you. People said that about me since I've been in charge here, you know, and they'll probably continue to say them. But I don't talk about y'all to your face. <laughs> it's your little nasty habits and <laughs> smart mouth and <laughs> insults and all the rest of it, you know. But that's okay for y'all to insult, but... You know, if I get sick of it, then I'm mean. You see what I'm saying? And people feel that way about authority. You know, they just feel that way. And the way I tell people, I said, well, you know what? You're going to have to love me. You're going to have to forgive me just like, like I do you. And see, we don't look at ourselves as having faults because we're so busy looking at everybody else. So, But that's not love. It does not exalt itself. It's not puffed up. Amen. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. Doesn't seek a lot of attention. All of that stuff. See when I see y'all walking in here and talking y'all yak and carrying on and trying to dominate the atmosphere. I just keep in my little corner and do my prayers and come out and do the word. You understand what I'm saying? But you know there's a lot of pride in people. A lot. And we're here to get rid of it. Amen. And replace it with the love of God. You're here to learn how to love one another. Doesn't seek its own. It's not easily provoked. Woo-hoo. 
<laughs> People touchy, touchy, touchy. Can't say certain things to them, you know. Get the little short fuse. Thinks no evil. Mm-hmm. Woo. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? See what a job it is just taking care of you and making sure you walk in love. You know the devil will do stuff right in front of you. You know he's doing it to get your attention and provoke you. And you fall into the trap anyway. (laughs) Okay devil here I am a man. You see. And does not seek his own. Not easily provoke. Thinks no evil. Think. Uh huh. You can't even think it. You thought everything was insane in it. No you can't even think it. Why? Because if you think it pretty soon you'll say it. You'll act out on it. And do something ugly. Does not rejoice in iniquity. See, I knew they was going to get in trouble. No, but rejoices in the truth. When God's word comes to pass in a person's life, that's when you rejoice. When they get a breakthrough, that's when you rejoice. When they get, get, you know, it does me no good to see people. You know when people are headed for a fall because you know the word. So, you know, you can tell before people get in trouble, they're on their way to trouble. So why are you going to get happy about that? You got me? No, I told you so. None of that. But just continue to pray for people. That that they will have their eyes open. And God will show them the way. And they'll walk in the truth. Amen? Love bears all things. It means it puts up with a lot of stuff. And believes all things. Amen? It believes the best. Hopes all things, endures all things. In other words, you know, love is everlasting. It doesn't run out of ability to love. It doesn't run out of ability to believe good things. It doesn't run out of ability to want to see good things happen to people. Man, and it never fails. Man, it never fails. So you you have a choice. If you have a choice to react in anger or love, I would say if you're gonna make a mistake, err on the side of love. Let that be your error zone. You know, if I'm guilty of anything, it's maybe loving people too much or too long or too something. But don't let me be the person that wants to call time on a relationship because I run out of love. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can you can weather anything if you make up your mind to to apply love into a situation. You know, just don't judge, don't criticize, don't tear down, don't get angry, don't have a short fuse, don't be touchy, don't you know all that kind of stuff. Let that go and. Then then you can walk in love so it's patient kind humble forgiving and giving so love is a place of forgiving amen the abundant life is a forgiving life you're not going to have much if you carry things over you'll start getting clogged up yourself so you can't carry grudges you can't make uh, judgments about people you know you know what a judgment is it's something that you slam the gavel down on and you don't give people an opportunity to change or let me put it this way you don't give yourself a chance to change toward people so because nobody's going to change for you so get that out your head if you're hoping for that you're going to be in a stingy room all your life got me you're not going to have abundance (laughs) you're not going to have it so you're going to have to change toward them not the other way around 
You know, I, I used to pray about my husband all the time and I realized I was praying in vain because God wasn't interested in a lot of that stuff I used to pray about. What he was interested in was that man's soul being saved. And when he got saved, I realized that salvation was God's business. He belonged to God. He belonged to me. I was married to him. I didn't own him. And see, there's a difference. People have to understand uh, certain things. You know, you get this wrong idea about stuff sometimes. You know, marriage is not ownership, man. Those people are on loan to you and you got to treat them right if you want the relationship to work right. Amen. You really, really do. And so you, you just can't, uh, can't make demands like that in life. You know, throw your little tantrums if you don't get it. You know, you'll never get it throwing tantrums. Hmm? I can, I can remember some of my little nieces and nephews, you know, they'd be, well, what do you want? <laughs> you poke it in their mouth. Yeah, okay, you didn't want that. Then you thought you wanted that, but you didn't want that. You want to cut up. If you understand what I'm saying. You can howl and whine so long, things will be getting better, and you refuse to recognize it. But if you are a person who is thankful, you begin to notice when the blessings come in. You start looking for prayers to be answered. You start looking for your life to be blessed. You start looking for change. Amen. Amen. Be a person of thanksgiving. Amen. Married couples, you, you need to pray with each other and thank God for each other all the time. I had to realize if I didn't thank God for my husband, he wouldn't get saved. He wouldn't be a pleasant person. I wouldn't be a pleasant person toward him. Nothing was going to work. If I was always looking for something to happen to make me happy in the relationship. I decided to let God be my happy. Amen. God was my happy number one. And if my husband, if I learned how to enjoy him, he'd be my happy number two. Got me? You can be thankful about people even when they're not doing the right thing all the time. Or doing what you think is the right thing all the time. You can. Just make up your mind to do it. Lord, I'm not going to be moved by this. I'm going to live in faith. My scripture was my husband loved me like Christ loved the church and would give himself for me. And that kept us married. Now people say well both people have to want it. I don't know if he don't want it. I don't ask him what he wants. It's not my business what he wants. Let the brother have a little privacy between him and God. How do you know they don't want it? Huh? Well, people are a little crazy sometimes. You quit listening to people and start listening to the word. Start listening to God. All this negative stuff about people. You know, you you think they're talking about wild animals half the time. You know, people have to want to change. And I, well, how do you, did you want to change when you got saved? Running around snorting. No, you just wanted help. You didn't want to change. Don't want to change now. If the truth was told. <laughs> so we we gotta we gotta watch ourselves, folks. You know, you gonna live abundantly. That's gonna take some effort on your part to stay out of the the dark zone. You know, the zone of depression, discouragement, and and all of that. You know, because that can last forever if you want it to. Now you gotta snap out of that. So the Bible tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Don't put yourself above anybody. Man, 
Do not put yourself above anybody. Always consider that other person first. You won't get in trouble that way. You know people who have lack in their minds always want to be taken care of first. Because they think they got to get theirs before it runs out. Huh? They got to get theirs before it runs out. So if you have lack in your mind, you'll be constantly concerned about you, 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 you. I got to get this. I got to get that. I got to get that. I got to get that. Got to have the latest toy. Got to have the latest whatever. You know, just me, 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 me. So we have to put ourselves. You know what? The the easiest thing in the, the world to do is let your request be made known to God. Don't try to go out and grab everything that your little heart tells you want. Let that request be made known to God. I'm telling you that will bless you more than anything. You, something good will happen for you all of a sudden. And you get this this rest in God that he He cares about me. He lo- Look what God did for me. And I, I don't even remember if I prayed for this or not. But here it is this open door. Here it is this thing that I desire. He sent me some more of this kind of stuff that I like. Look somebody gave this to me while I was in service today. Somebody bless me with this you know that's the best way to live you know instead of living in the land of gotta 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 killing yourself running out gotta have this gotta have and people get obsessed with it Mm -hmm. they get obsessed with got to have Mm -hmm. go in debt for all kinds of things you know stuff will worry you until you go and sign on the dotted line and get it it's just not good it's not good it's not living in abundance that's living in debt. That's living in notes. That's living with bills. And it's not enjoyable. You'd enjoy that a whole lot more if you let God bring it to you and bring it to you debt free. Man, blessings of God make you rich and add no sorrow. Sometimes God wants you to spend your time instead of chasing down things, chase down some people to bless and to love and to encourage. Your neighbors should know you're a Christian. They should know it. They should know you're a Christian. You know, you see them driving by. You say, hi, let me introduce myself to you. I'm so and so and such and such. And, you know, if you see us leaving out on Saturday, you know, we're always going to church. And we're, you know, really committed to the Lord. You just tell them. Don't be afraid of them watching you. That They're supposed to watch you. Even if they're watching to see you mess up, they're watching you got their attention now amen so don't worry about that god will protect your witness amen he will protect your witness so leviticus 19 18 we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. that means you honor people and you esteem them more highly than yourself don't be so touchy and in, in wanting to watch for them to say something negative or something you can pick up negative and 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 you know snap back or say something smart back. Don't be don't be on the defense all the time. There's nothing wrong with you either. So you need to expect good words to come from people's mouths towards you. The uh, place uh, the uh, place of abundance is a place of generosity. And limitless supply to meet every need. And you'll take on that generous spirit 
when you live in the land of abundance. When you walk with God and live with God. When you a place of generosity means that there's always an answer to whatever comes up. There's always another prayer to pray. There's always another scripture to stand on. There's never a no answer. It's always yes and amen by you. You can find a yes and amen in your situation when you live in a place of abundance. You know, I got on the plane yesterday, and, and I call it sardine can, because you're like, boom, boom, boom. All the seats lined up. You're very close to one another. You know, if you don't like somebody, you will by the time full hours sitting right next to them. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, you know, I was sitting in the window seat. I don't know, me and Chuck, we went and got some coffee or something. By the time we got back, they were boarding already. So I should have been, I should have boarded ahead of them so that they wouldn't be inconvenienced by me coming in. And so I told them, I said, well, it's me. I said, I'm the window person. I said, uh, so sorry. And they were so kind and Oh, don't worry about that. We're it's fine. We're, you know, don't worry. They didn't want me to apologize, and I got my seat, and you know, and we talked a little bit. You know, you just want to be polite. And where are you from? Where are you going to do in Cleveland? And they had lived in Cleveland, but they live now out in California, and they were coming back to visit relatives uh, in Cleveland and stay for a while. I said, Oh, you're going to go on from the? Yeah, we're going to Boston, and we're going to. And the lady said, She said, You know. I feel so bad she said I lost my watch uh, she said we looked all over the hotel room and I, the thing that clicked in my mind somebody lifted that watch but you know I didn't say that she was saying uh, yeah, I left it on the, the nightstand and, and I don't know what happened to it and it might have fallen down might have fallen in the trash somebody emptied the trash or something but you just never know and I, I felt bad and I kept thinking about it and I pushed it out of my mind I pushed it out of my mind so about halfway through the fight flight God finally got me and uh, I told her I said you know what I said I want to give you something I said but I'm concerned you might not receive it you might not want to take it and I said I said do you want to take my watch I said honey I got so many watches I said I can't even keep batteries in them I said I know I got one for myself in my bag and I just took it off and put it she was so thankful for that watch because it really bothered her she didn't have it she said I keep looking at my wrist you know how you always look at the time a lot and everything and she said um, I just feel I said yeah no I said I feel I'll go leave the house and go back remember I didn't put a watch on and go back to the house and put it on you know it just gets to be a part of you and so she she accepts she said oh it's so beautiful she said I like it better than I like my other one I said well see you didn't have to upgrade already so yeah right she got the increase I told her I said well just it was a little big for her I said just take it to a jeweler I said and get the links taken out I said they probably won't charge you much if anything at all I said do it when you're in Cleveland so it'll fit right and everything so she was just so pleased she kept looking down and touching it and I said well when you touch it remember to pray for me and I'll pray for you I said well that'll be our little point to pray for each other and you know you there are ways you can reach out to people in the love of God and it won't hurt you it will not hurt you you understand what I'm saying there's nothing that you possess in God that he will not give you back more and more abundantly when you live in the land of abundance it doesn't hurt you to give it really doesn't you have a sense of the abiding provision of God and the increase in God and in 
if it made that lady feel more comfortable to have that watch then God bless her you know I mean there's sometimes you can't help people with some of the things that are troubling them you know I mean you wait for your answer but sometimes you just need to step out and do those things that God would want you to do I've I've gotten over feeling offended if somebody said they didn't want something you understand what I'm saying you just you just move on you know okay God I did what I felt you wanted me to do you know and that's it and but you know you get credit for stepping out in your faith anyway to do it so you know whether they receive it or not you know I'm no sometimes people say whoo I get to keep it yeah maybe for a minute but it'll come up again <laughs> you have to give it to somebody sooner or later because <laughs> that watch is leaving oh, it's been claimed <laughs> amen so there is no lack where God uh, where his realm is so faith makes the uh, abundant life real faith is what makes it real and that's point number four so faith makes abundance real it's not imaginary it's real your imagination can play tricks with you the abundant life the abundance increases in us and faith increases in us as we grow in the knowledge of God and of his word so faith grows really by doing mostly but it also grows by hearing you get the impression to step out and do certain things by hearing the word and letting the word grow rich in you and pretty soon you're moving out in things that you used to just think about so as you grow in the knowledge of his word you grow in spiritual increase his abundant kingdom grows in you now there is no lack where God abides and where he guides. So if God moves you to do something, tells you to do something, there's abundance there. There's not lack there. There's not just barely enough. There's there's abundance there. When we follow God, the road we travel is paved with abundance. Amen. Psalm 23, 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall suffer no lack. I shall suffer no want. In other words, the Lord is my shepherd and I live in a land of abundance. Amen. You look at Psalm 23, it's full of abundance. You know, it says it in a, a pastoral uh, example, and I think that's good because when you use your spiritual imagination, it satisfies you more than if, if God would use human terms sometimes. You know, I mean, there are parables where God used human examples, but if if he says he makes you lie down in green pastures, you know there's a concept of total rest and total abundance instead of he'll give you a good paying job I mean the scripture could say that but you might have a boss that you don't like or you might have hours that you don't like but he says he will cause you to lie down in green pastures that means you got rest you got food you got everything you eat and you're peaceful about it see there's a whole picture of provision with peace 
and provision with abundance of peace. So it paints a better picture for us sometimes uh, the type of, of language that's used. He'll lead you beside still waters. Amen. You won't thirst for anything. There's no hunger nor thirst nor lack of rest. Total peace. It's wonderful. So that's the more abundant life. See if he just fed you and clothed you. And you had hell in the house all the time. That's no good. So you want to be fed and clothed and have peace. Who doesn't? And God will deliver the total package to you. So that's what he wants us to understand. When we follow God. We said the road we travel is paved with abundance. There's stuff everywhere. Everywhere you look. All at once blessings. Amen. What we have to be careful of. Is that we not take a detour and become distracted by the fear of lack. Because that's all it is is fear. There's no lack in God. So you got to get back over in God again. You got to get your mind back over on the concept of abundance in God. You shouldn't fear lack. But expect provision. Just as easily as you fear lack, you can expect provision. The Bible says perfect love or mature love casts out fear. You know, what am I scared for? God, you'll take care of this. You always take care of everything for me. I don't I'm not gonna spend my time being afraid of this. Because it's all good. Man. So we have <clears throat> We need to understand that we have no ability to attain these things on our own. And that's a good thing. Now you can trust in God. You have no choice. Man, you have no choice but to trust in him. You have a covenant with God that includes all things. So there is not anything that God is unwilling to do if he's promised to do it for you. And you you put forth the faith in it. Amen. Philippians 4. 5 and 6. Or 5 through 7. The Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing. Let Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. In other words. You know, get yourself in, in a place of peace. Get yourself in a place of, of uh, moderation or not excessive living. Not boastful living. Not I got to have type living. Don't, don't live like that, man. Sometimes I hear people saying it. I wonder what they're saying it for because they're not. You know they're not convincing themselves, and it's not they're, it's not a prayer of faith. So what's that for? And I think sometimes people still like to give themselves some little pep talks. Oh, one day I'm going to have this. You know, I remember doing that when I was a kid because my life was so miserable, I thought. You know, if you have lack and you're not old enough to, you know, you don't make your own money. You can't do your own thing and you just got to be there dependent and waiting and all of that. And I would think, I would imagine myself having more. I imagine myself having my own job. I imagine myself. There's no time for imagination now. You live with God. There's time for reality of living in his realm of abundant life. 
So there's no reason you should be still uh, pep talking yourself mentally, trying to, you know, psyching yourself out, so to speak, with happy thoughts. That's not how we live. Our kingdom is real. You live in abundance for real. You can draw down from that abundance anytime you want to for real. You have no time to talk about you'll be glad when something happens or you gotta have this or gotta have that. You'll wear yourself out. You, you wear your nerves out. Always thinking it's gonna happen and then it doesn't happen and you're deflated all day long for months at a time. It's no good. Don't live like that. It says, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. In other words, the Lord's here to help you. He's ever present with you. And be careful for nothing. One translation is, be anxious for nothing. Don't be nervous. Don't be scared. Don't be on edge. Don't be fearful that it's not gonna happen for you. He says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Yes, here we go again. I mean, that will take the anxiety off of you. Thanksgiving will. He said, let your request be made known to God. Study your imagination. I'll be glad when I get a house of my own. I'll be glad when I don't have to rent anymore. Well, you know, you can be glad now. You can rent and be glad. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You'd be glad. Why are you waiting? Why would you put off glad? There's Mr. Glad standing at the door. Let him in. Right. People, I'll be glad when I get married. You get married, you ain't glad. I'll be glad when I have some kids. That's what's wrong. You have kids and you ain't glad. Huh? You're less you're less glad than you were before you had him. Huh? Looking just like you. Huh? <laughs> Won't look. got a little mouth poked out. Won't something. So get glad now. You said you was waiting for that so you could be glad. <laughs> he says if you make your request known with thanksgiving, the peace of God. That's your problem. Your problem ain't missing stuff. Your problem is missing peace. Do you learn how to appropriate the peace? Sorry about that. You learn how to appropriate the peace of God at all times. Amen. And you'll have stuff coming all the time. Because the problem with us is our atmosphere changes from faith to doubt. When we start getting, when we're not peaceful. You're not peaceful, you're restless, you're thinking it won't happen. And I don't know why we still worry, but somehow we do. We'll find a way. Huh? I was sitting there just as calm as you please, and all of a sudden, right? You're supposed to cast that all of a sudden down. Huh? Leave that stuff alone. It's not good. It's not good for you. <clears throat> So don't take that detour. Get distracted. Because the devil will plant them ideas in your head. You'll be going along fine. And all of a sudden something will say. Well what if? And then you go down that road. You go down what if street. Yeah, And go down what if street. And find your nice little spot of depression on there. And park there. Uh-huh. You can't go th- down that what if. huh? <laughs> 
We have a covenant with God that includes all things that pertain to life and godliness. Mostly what's missing for us is that godliness portion of it. You know God is peaceful about things. He's not anxious about anything. So if if we have all things that pertain to life. You might have material things. But if you don't have peace and joy and, and all of that with it. It's not, it's not helping you. Not helping you. So that's why the more abundant life. Um, so we are entitled to a place of peace. When we live in the abundant life. In the kingdom where there is abundance. It is a place of peace continually. Amen. There's a, when you have peace there is a wealth of provision there on all levels that you are constantly aware of. Now I'm not saying you embrace it all at one time but you are aware it's there for you. You got me. You know it's there for you. You know you you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. Fear you can retreat to that place at any time. It's there for you, and you're totally one hundred percent aware of it. Philippians four eight tells us, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true and honest. In other words, the word of God. Whatsoever things are just, that's the word. Whatsoever things are pure, that's the word. Whatsoever things are lovely and of good report, that's the word. If there be any virtue, any praise, think on those things. In other words, it gives you an assurance that the wealthy place belongs to you at will. This is something you can enter into at your own will. You don't have to wait for an invitation. You don't have to sow certain seeds to get in there. All you have to do is put yourself in there by a decision to think on certain things. And forget this nonsense that's going on in this world. So it's a wealthy place for your soul to abide in. Your spirit's fine. It's your crazy soul. That wants to go nuts and, and you know run off the deep end and forget God and think God's not there for you. That place of abundance is a place for your soul. It's wealthy for your soul. It's rich to your soul. You know things will come in and trouble you. You know you'll be all prepped for a good time and all of a sudden something comes up. Well, does that mean your good time is over? Does that mean your peace is over? Does that mean your contentment is over? No, it just came up. Let it come up and let it leave. It can exit as fast as it came in. Now if you want to pick it up, hold it and embrace it and say, Ooh, this is trouble. Let me look at him and see how bad he can get. And then you let your imagination run wild. See? magnifying it making it bigger than what it is you know and you see trouble don't even pick him up say oh trouble Mm, I don't need you today I can say no to you Jesus name (laughs) just say no just say no and renew your mind in the word don't let your mind be so crabby all the time and fretful and anticipating the worst and you know all of this stuff you know you know God will bless you uh, with a new house and you say oh Lord look at how much work I gotta do uh-huh. sometimes before he moves you for a blessing you say oh Lord I don't want to move again Woo-wee, if I have to move again I'll just you know huh? 
instead of blessing God for blessing you and anticipating whatever you need to make that successful he'll supply it he'll supply what you need you know many people don't want to take the help he gives us you know we just picky about the help you know I don't want nobody coming in here messing stuff up I don't want you wouldn't know if it's messed up or not God be you so messed up in your head just open the door and let trust God good stuff I wouldn't get here every weekend if I was picky about who drove me you know you have to let go of that and trust God and believe he going to get all of y'all here. I said well Lord they don't look suicidal to me so I guess they'll stay on the road. Whatever. You know you just believe God that you'll get there period. That's what you have to do. You just accept God's provision. Humble yourself and just accept the provision of God. You know, I don't have to do everything myself. You understand me? I really don't. But, you know, some people that do. It's just, well, now you know, I'm real particular. Well, that's your problem. We we don't live in a particular kingdom. We live in abundant kingdom. If you think abundance and not lack, I know nobody does it as well as you do. But just hang on, you'll survive. Uh, you'll survive it. <laughs> you know, if we if we if we could see things the way God sees them, it would mess our heads totally up. God, you mean you're not concerned about it? No, he's not. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that ain't God telling you to be picky. Amen. Uh, no. God's a God of abundance. He's a God that trusts. He knows how to get the Holy Spirit to help people. And sometimes you'll learn something different if you just let God go and let him help you. And You know, I was was concerned about being on a mountain with no room service. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not that any, but you guys know I'm not real caught up in that stuff. But anyway, you know, you go to strange places you don't know. But God, you know, God worked everything out. He worked it out because we were thankful. We continue to give thanks. We continue to trust God. We continue to expect good, not bad. You expect bad, you get bad. You know, you you get what you put into it. But if you expect good all the time, you know, never stop expecting good from God. Amen. All right. Well, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word and for understanding that comes with your holy word. We bless you and we praise you that you do all things well, Lord. You know what you're doing with us. You know how to help us. You know how to encourage us. Father, you know how to fill these seats up. So we thank you, Lord, for filling up the empty seats. We thank you, Lord, for bringing people who want to pray, want to be helped. The ones that want that need help is too, Father. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. Praise God.